Hello swimmers, I'm your host Danielle Sperling and welcome to season three of Torpedo Swim Talk. Before I introduce our guest today, I wanted to give a shout out to three master swimmers from the UK who recently broke Freena World Records at the UK Nationals. Matthew Clay, Adam Barrett and 90-year-old Jane Asher. Matthews came in the 35 to 39 50 backstroke, Adam's in the 25 to 2900 fly, and Jane's five world records as she enters the 90 to 94 age group in the 50, 100 and 200 free, 100 back and 100 IM. Congratulations to all three of these Masters champions on some fast and fabulous swimming. On today's podcast, we chat to Canadian Cindy Marby and discover her passion for master swimming, talk about her coaching career and her new passion for CrossFit and extreme off-road triathlon events. I really enjoyed chatting to Cindy and I hope you will enjoy listening. There you go, Mark. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. This is fun. You're welcome. Where are you based in Canada? Uh, I'm based in Victoria, BC, which is the capital city in British Columbia, and it's on Vancouver Island. Right. And is that is that joined to the mainland by bridge, or do you have to get a ferry across? A ferry across, about an hour and a half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and how many people live on Vancouver Island? Probably close to a million. Okay. Yeah, it's a big island. It's huge. It's like 700 kilometers long and maybe 200 kilometers wide-ish. Right. Yeah. And can you swim um, in all, like the ocean around there? Is it sort if of... You, if you like water that's around 10 degrees. <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> so why some like brave people go in and do that cool swimming thing and I'll wear a wetsuit and neoprene cap and but it's not my it's not my favorite, but we have a lot of lakes that warm up really nicely. We have a lot of lakes here. So I'll, most of my open water I will do in the local lakes. Okay. So a lot of the open water races they're in local lakes rather than the ocean. Not the ocean, no. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 And what masters club are you based at there? Where do you swim out of? Um, I train with a different club that I race for. So I race with the Victoria Masters Swim Club and I have since 2003. Um, but I do train with um, a triathlon club and also I train with swimming clubs and I train with um, a professional triathlete. Oh, okay. So yeah. you sort of mix up your training a little bit across the board. Yeah, just because I've chosen to do other, like not just swimming now. So I'm trying to branch out to be more than a one sport athlete after 45 years. Yeah. <laughs> so how why did not? You, how did you first get into masters swimming? Like what uh, led you down that path? Funny story. Yeah, I, um, I retired from swimming when I was 22 and started coaching kind of overlapped with my swimming career. And then I was coaching and I had three kids in the, my twenties, like really crazy time. And then in my early thirties, um, I knew of the master swimming, but I wasn't swimming at all. Cause I was so busy. I was coaching full time and babies and life. And the coach of the Victoria master swim team contacts me and says, Hey, I'm trying to put a relay together. 
um, to break a world record and we really need a backstroker. Can you swim the backstroke? I'm like, oh, Danielle, like I haven't swam in 10 years, really like much. I, I said, what time would I have to go? Like if you break it down, it's a 50 long course backstroke I would have to do. You know, what would I have to go? Because I mean, I hadn't swam. She said, I think she said, you have to go 34 flat. I'm like, okay, well, I can, I can do that. I was like 33, 34 years old at the time. So I thought, okay, I can do it. But I got so nervous because, you know, backstroke in a relay, you go first. So if I missed the time right off the bat, I'm like, oh no, then we're not going to break the world record. And she'd been planning this whole thing. Anyway, the, the fun part of the story is that we, we broke the world record and I made the time, I think I went like 33, five or something, but also out of pure fear. And I, <laughs> it wasn't pretty. I probably trained a couple weeks after 10 years. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty, so, that's pretty amazing start to, uh, to master swimming. First swim back and you break a world record. That's, uh, yeah. I actually, after that swim, I don't think I swam again for another four years. Okay. Yeah. Like I just, I was just, it was too much, but um, it definitely got in my head. That was something that I wanted to start doing when I my, had some more free time. Yes. I swam a little bit and I almost worked out and it looks like on paper. So you swam and then the first year of an age group. And then I took four years off. And then when I moved up an age group, I swam and I took four years off. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of worked out that way with timing. And, um, and then I finally retired from coaching in 2014. And that's when I started swimming masters more like consistently, meaning like two times a week up to three times a week, because that's how I could fit in with everything else. So that's, yeah. uh, that's when it started. I, I started January, 2014 because worlds were going to be in Montreal in August, I thought, okay, I can do this. That's a good goal. It's local enough. I can plan it. I was still coaching full-time at the time, but I knew I was retiring that year. So I could sort of park my coaching a bit in the sense that I didn't have to plan ahead for the next four years. I could just think, okay, this is the season. It's already planned. Just coach your heart out and then also kind of start to go into swimming more. Yeah. So. So it was fun. It was scary. <laughs> I bet. It's, it was so slow. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. I forgot. Like I'd been coaching my whole life and I would be pushing my athletes and telling them all these really important things about swimming and training and being strong. And then when I got on the water, I'm like, oh, I'm not listening to myself. I am just a mess. I'm swimming terrible. I don't remember how to swim. I was a bit uh, discouraged because, you know, you think of your splits you did as a swimmer in your head, like, oh yeah, I'll just repeat 110s in my freestyles. It's nothing. And I was like, 127s. <laughs> very, very humbling. Yes, yes. As we age, it's such a sad thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, was, it's a familiar story with a lot of the master swimmers I speak to, um, especially particularly females sort of might have had that um, swimming background that you had as a teenager, early adult. Yeah. And then life becomes so busy with kids and career and, and everything. And I think when you get that little break and you're able to dedicate sort of a few hours a week back to that, it's such a joy. 
such a joy. I was just like, I just, it brought back all the good things that I loved about swimming and all the, the yes. bad kind of dirty stuff that was in my head from being an age group swimmer in the eighties just kind of disappeared. I just went back to it for the pure joy. Yes. And yeah. I've loved it ever since I've all, I've just, the tra- I love the training. Like that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Same. What um, you were an age group swimmer in the eighties and yeah. sort of on the Canadian national scene, were you? I was, yeah, a little bit. Like I wasn't. It's kind of funny how my swimming career went. I was a really strong. Like I started swimming when I was seven. Started competing a lot when I was nine, and then up till about sixteen, I was training. You know, twenty thirty hours a week. I was doing a senior program. I was just a total. I was an animal. I just loved racing and loved every minute of it. And then I think what happened is I got burnt out and I just went through a lot of emotional stuff. Of course, as girls, as I learned as a coach and having uh, daughters. Um, But I think at that time, there just wasn't the understanding about what it was about. And a little bit about why I decided to get into coaching is to give back what I learned and be a female role model because I didn't know when I got into coaching, I thought, wow, is that can even be a job? I didn't know, uh, uh, not that a woman couldn't do it, but that that was an option for me. Yes. And when I started coaching, I'm like, this is my path. This is what I can, this is a difference I can help, not just female swimmers, but also just adolescent kids get through that crazy time when it's swimming gets hard you know, and the bodies change and their brains are all over the place. And so um, for me, going back to run 16, it just started to hit me like the pressure started to get to me. I was having a lot of um, weight problems. I'll use that in parenthesis. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah. Um, and so I became really sick with about food. And the only thing that was important to me was my weight. Yes. Which was became back on the back burner because I was, it was more important. I made my weight and there was no tools to help me get there. It was just basically starving. And of course, as we know, starving yourself doesn't help you lose weight. And, but that's all, I mean, that's the only tool I had don't eat. And uh, so the ability to not eat. And so just kind of, I, I kind of bumped along for a couple more years because I always loved swimming and it was such a hard thing as my life, all my best friends, everything was swimming with, and that's who I was. Yeah. So I, when I stopped swimming, I didn't even, I didn't, I had, I'd never had a job. I was 22. I'd never done anything before. So it was really weird just to be Cindy and that's it. Not the swimmer. Um, and maybe that's another reason why I got into coaching because it was very familiar and comfortable, yeah. but um yeah, so I, I was I was a really good, strong, fast swimmer, all the potential in the world. Um, but I just got I I beat myself down. The programs I was involved in beat me down, and I I couldn't function. And uh, you know, thinking back now, it's I was I had a lot of regret for a long, long time. It's like the what ifs and what if I could have done this. But I think that path led me to be a better coach, and that I'm very proud of that. And that is healed. I think that's healed that part of me yeah. and it's brought back my joy of swimming. And, uh, 
And also like the pressure's off, like I'm not going and <laughs> make national teams. I'm just like <laughs> going to meet my friends and having fun and doing a 200 warm up and then a shower or whatever. Like it's not, I just don't take it that seriously anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I don't like winning and I love competing. It's more just, it's fun. Like it was when I was a kid, like it's just fun. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's, that's been uh, Back in the 80s in Canada, was it, I mean, I know what it was like in Australia during that time when I was swimming. Um, did they sort of weigh you on pool deck and, and things oh, like that? twice a day. Yeah, twice a day. Skin fold. And coach, and, yeah. yeah. My coach would give me a, a, a weight, just arbitrary, and then if we were going to a meet like nationals or something, he would bring the scale to the airport. Right. didn't make my weight at the airport on the way to nationals. You get sent home. Right. So it wasn't about performance. It was about being a certain, whatever reason they got in their heads, that that was the important thing, like being light and being small. And I think a lot of it was um, ego for them. Like, oh, having a, a woman's team that was thin, was fit. So that meant you're a good coach. Yes. Starving. And not all of them. Like, I just don't have the body type. I was never like a a skinny girl I was just I was always muscular and strong and yeah I didn't fit that norm of the 80s whereas now I think my body type is perfectly normal and acceptable like there's all different I love it when I go to the pool and, and just seeing that generation come through swimming it's like they're all sizes and shapes and look at how fast they're swimming I mean geez my time that I would have meddled at nationals in the 80s I wouldn't even be I don't even qualify for nationals anymore like yeah. It's awesome. I love that. I'm yeah. so happy. It's good that it's moved forward. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And and back to your master swimming. Sorry, I didn't want to focus on that, but it's interesting. Yeah. I I like to hear the perspective of what was happening in other countries at the time because I know that was very much the kind of thing that um, myself and my friends that were swimming at the time yeah. experienced as well. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of girls, a lot of girls gave up swimming around that time, sort of yeah. late teens, early twenties, because of that yeah. kind of pressure. I think. Yeah, it was. It was just. Yeah, it wasn't fun anymore. It was just. It was. I just was so bitter and angry, and I was like, "Wow, what am I? What am I doing? It's yeah. awful." I was, I was getting sick all the time. And it's like, ugh. anyway, that's, yes. we've, we've moved on. I still, <laughs> still well, I, I think that's why you appreciate master swimming so much is that you, as you say, it's like when you're a kid and you have that joy again and yeah. friendships around master swimming. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it's sort of the, the, the linchpin of, of everyone competing and traveling around and meeting new people. Um, how do you find that aspect of it? Oh, it's my favorite part. I mean, you just, it's like pre-internet or whatever. And so you go to swimmates and you haven't seen those people. So I'll go to, you know, nationals or provincials here as a master's swimmer. And I will only see those people once or twice a year. And it's just because we're all swimmers, we all kind of get it. And, and it's just, we're just friends so tightly connected because of that love of swimming. It's just such a, it brings people together and it doesn't matter what your background is. If you're 80 or you're 25 or doesn't make any difference, you're there and everyone loves swimming. And I just find it such a supportive, caring community, but also people like to swim fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
you know, you see some people in their seventies just going for it and racing. Well, I'm like, that is like awesome. Like it just inspires me so much. And, uh, yeah, I get it. I just get such a joy from going to some meets just to see those people. I don't, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I know you've had some wonderful success since you came back to master swimming and 16 FINA world records. What's yeah. your, um, <laughs> probably, <laughs> and more since yeah. I got that piece of information, but what, what looking back on it, what's your favourite race? Like where do you, where do you oh. feel that you, um, you hit all the markers that you were going for? Yeah, I can tell you exactly. Um, I, in 2016, I, was I don't know what I think I was I was training for my very first half Ironman and so doing all the running and the biking and not a lot of swimming but just that fitness base and then I went to um, Canadian Nationals in Montreal or sorry in Toronto in 2016 and I knew my race was only a couple weeks later for my first half Ironman so I thought I'll just go in there and I'll just do some races kind of I love racing, so I won't put a lot of pressure on myself. And I felt amazing. Like I had all this energy, the 200s, 400s, I was like negative splitting and even splitting. My 100 back was a 105. I wasn't even trying. Like it was just an even split 100 at 105. I'm like, what? Normally my legs would be broken. Like it felt so good. So anyway, fast forward, I did my half Ironman. It was, it was okay. It wasn't amazing, but I did it. But then I went to... Um, U.S. Nationals in Oregon in 2016, and it was a long course outdoor meet, and I guess just the fitness base that I had, and then I went after, so it was like two months after my half Ironman that I raced in uh, Oregon, and everything came together. I mean, it was, every race was just, I I was, blew my own mind, honestly, like, I couldn't do anything wrong. The hundred back. So um, I'd had the world record. It was 108.11. And I was tied with Carlin to the 100th for that. So we shared the, the world record. And uh, so my goal was to break that record again. And then in that time where I wanted to break the record, a woman from, I believe, Germany went 107.9. So broke the world record. I'm like, I don't know, like 107, like long course, outdoor pool. But I was feeling so good. I'm like, just go for it, whatever. And I think I'm at 107.3. Oh. Yeah. And it just, and coming back in that second 50, I just felt the energy build and build and build. And I finished. I'm like, that's, I, I mean, I might as well have been at the Olympics and in my own feeling. And it yes. just, I just felt like, oh. It was the perfect race. Like I split it perfectly. It felt strong. I was building into it. I was tired at the end, but I wasn't like, you know, that gas feeling where it felt like the piano falls out of the sky. I was getting more energy as I went through it. And it was so sweet because the timer in my lane was this uh, older gentleman and he had been to the Olympics for backstroke, like in the fifties or something. And he said, I watched you swim and it just brought back all these memories. He was crying because it brought back this, like what it felt like. Cause you could see that kind of like, <gasps> and so that was to me, my favorite, there's my favorite meet as a master's for sure. Cause every race I did just felt amazing. I think I broke two or three world records that meet 
and um, and I think six Canadian records or something. Um, American records too, but I don't get to keep those. <laughs> Do they have all Cummins records or not? They just have their national records. Yeah, they just have their national records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then the world records, of course. But yes. there was just a, like I don't know how. I could do any other sport or any other, get that feeling from anything else. Like I have three kids and I've given birth. Obviously that's an incredibly joyful, amazing thing. It's <laughs> a level, but putting that perfect race together, you're just like, Oh, did I just do that? I was just. <laughs> that's amazing. What, what's the, what's the drop off in time? So what was your PB from back in the eighties when you were swimming hundred backstroke? Embarrassingly about that right same. that's that's interesting so that's the floor yeah that's very interesting yeah I was 47 I was 47 in 2016 yeah so um so yeah because I wasn't much of a sprinter when I was younger I was more of a 200 backstroker I don't do that race very often because it still has too much um just yeah I don't I don't event <laughs> I don't, I don't go there very much, um, but I wasn't much of a sprinter. So now, because I've learned how to just get my stroke rate up and learn how to swim better, I, uh, my sprinting actually hasn't slowed down much at all. In fact, I've got, I did my, um, I, I broke 30 seconds for a 50 backstroke for the first time in my life when I was 39. Wow. Was that long course? Short course. Short course. Short course. Yeah. yeah. I went 30.31 31 flat long course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so break 30, even though it was like 29.91, it just, you know, you break that the zero zero, like breaking a minute in 100 free or breaking 30 in a 50 is like so much faster than 30 flat. Yes. Yeah. I know. It's psychological. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah. you mentioned that you were able to change your stroke rate. How did you do that in your backstroke? I got stronger. Yeah. So I started CrossFit. Um, so going back 10 years now, I started CrossFit because it's the one thing I could sort of fit into one hour when I was coaching full time and driving kids everywhere. Um, so I started CrossFit three times one hour a week and I just got really strong and so that power, I was able to transfer back into my swimming where I never really had that before. I was technically pretty good, but more just like I could go a long time, but I didn't have that powerful speed, like off my walls or just building into a 50. It would just kind of, I'd spin my wheels. Yep. And then now I get a lot of power in my stroke. So um, yeah, my hundred back, I think I went 104, 104. Um, and I even split it. I was 32-2, Wow. Very nice. Yeah. And it, I mean, obviously I planned to, I want ease up for it, but to have that strength and the power to be able to do that was a big change from when I swam also as a, because I was 20 pounds lighter 30 years ago. I think I'm just stronger. I'm, I think it's just strength, honestly. Yeah. So you know, that's a big part of, um, I think an important piece of, as we get older, um, just to lift heavy things, like yeah. just lift and lift heavy, not a lot, but when you lift, don't do the, you know, 
two pound weights, like lift as heavy as you can in a safe way that you get proper training and coaching. So, and I found CrossFit really fun because you could do it in one hour. You walk in and you walk out and it's an hour and it just slays you. Like I just, I can't walk after it kind of gives me that feeling that swimming would give me like you just so intense, but it's just, you're not there for hours and hours who has time. Yes. Uh, but I would, I would credit a lot of that um, ability to sprint and going better than my best times um, to, to strength. strength. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think a lot of people have discovered that during this um, COVID time, a lot of people I've spoken to over the past few months, mm -hmm. Obviously, with pools closed in a lot of places around the world, cross yeah. training has been a really big part of their program and getting back into the water. So that's, yeah, that's really interesting that you have that perspective as well. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, like I said, my best meet in 2016 was after training for a half Ironman. So that kind of got in my head like, okay, well, if that's going to be a benefit, maybe I don't have to train as much in the pool if I'm training other ways and staying fit because I already know how to swim yes, and I keep my feel of the water, obviously, but I think it's good just mentally also to just branch out. I found, like I said, being a single sport athlete for my whole life, learning new sports. When you start something new, I was terrible at everything. I didn't know how to do, I couldn't ride a bike barely. I couldn't, I could, you know, you rode a bike as a kid, but to actually start training for a bike, I keep getting better at mountain biking or at road cycling or at running and trail running swimming. I'm not getting faster. Like swimming, it's like hanging on, like <laughs> I'm going to be in this age group. And so it's kind of like mentally refreshing to be improving at something. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know whether you follow the British um, triathlete, Lucy Charles Barclay. Oh, I, I, love I love her. I love her. I watch everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my husband and I follow her too. And I, yeah. I find it really interesting that she's training for, well, full Ironman, but half Ironman. She just won the world title. Yeah. And she came yeah. second in the British um, Olympic trials for the 1500. Yeah. So she was able to have that crossover as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Now she's next level. I think she turned 28 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But her attitude, because I was listening to, I watched her um you know, YouTube videos and Me all that. <laughs> you probably saw the interview and she just talks about how she does a strength training. She's a personal trainer. She does the strength training she built for herself. And then, you know, she's doing super league and she's doing half Ironman. She's doing Ironman. She's just, so in her own way, she's doing variable things, not just a, a tiny little, you know, I think it's, I think that's just such a huge part of, you know, going forward with people and, and high performance is not just being really narrow. I think it's important to mentally as well, because you're just always pressure on one thing. Say you're a 50 freestyler. Well, how it's so hard to get that right, that you probably just get frustrated all the time because you get something wrong every time. But what if you did a 5k run? Well, you don't need expectations, but you know, or whatever it is that you can find something else to do to sort of give you that bit of confidence that because it's hard sometimes like you just yeah. as athletes and people like us we're always looking to try and improve and to be better and we're hard on ourselves I'm hard on myself yes. and so I've really enjoyed doing other sports because 
I'm yeah, sure in a triathlon, I my swim is great. I come running out and it's so fun. And then the rest of the race, just <laughs> like, how is this happening? Like I'm <laughs> out here. <laughs> but I mean, it's humbling too, and it's also good for me to be put in my place sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. Going back to when you can train in the water, how how far would you do in a general session? Like when you oh, yeah. so I've been training, I've been training. Um, we our pools are only closed for maybe a couple months in 2020. So we've been back since July of 2020, and our pools have been open the whole time. We've had to change things and that you couldn't have master swimming, you had to have like one person per lane, but we were able to work it so we could have my teammates swim in lane by lane by lane so we could push each other we could swim together in a lane but we could um share the pool um so i, and I started training with um a professional triathlete and she's an iron woman so i train with her in the mornings and those sessions are typically more iron man related so they're distance they're hard because i like sprinting um but she pushed me to, so I would train, we'd have an hour and 15 minutes in the morning and we get in this long course and we probably get 4,500 to 5k in just wow. over an hour. So yeah. we are flying and it's like a lot of distance, shorter rest. Um, and then my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I swim at noon with a different group and it's a mix of triathletes and swimmers. And, um, in an hour, we probably get around 3,000, 3,200, but it's much more um, like fast 100s, pace 100s, bit of sprinting. And that's usually the time that I would, like they'll mostly do freestyle, but I can switch on my back and keep up doing backstrokes so I can do other strokes. Right. Um, yeah, and push myself. I can do IM, fly, whatever, yeah. as long as I'm not crashing into people. But yeah, so that's typically in a week, I might swim right now, it's probably four times a week or but probably five hours a week, maybe six hours a week. If I really depends on what other, like my other training, cause I do all the other sports. So um, if I can get four sessions a week, I'm happy. And it ends up being around 15, maybe 20 kilometers a week. If it's, if I'm really depending on where I am in my cycle. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. what's your, um, give us your favorite backstroke set. Oh, Let's see, backstroke set. I love doing like sets of where you do like a longer piece, like say a, a 400 backstroke and just, yep. you know, feel it out, kind of get your stroke rate calm and then do a set of like, and then go four 100s, descend one to four. So get down to like a strong last 100, always trying to even split. And then, then the set of 50s where I pick up the pace a bit more and these are all short rests. So I'll go like, um, the 400 is a longer rest, like six minutes or so. So I'll get like 30 seconds rest. And then, um, and this is short course, by the way. Um, and then the hundreds descending one to four, probably on 130 and try and hold 120s, 118s to 120s. Then the 50s on 50, trying to hold 36s and then take a bit of a break and just blast out 25s as hard as I can, like trying to hold 15s. Right. So that just depends on like much time I have, but I could try and get eight twenty fives like that. I yeah. love doing it. so you just you get faster as you go, um a little more rest, but just trying to keep up that that threshold 
and then just push a little bit into the red zone and then dip out and then into the red zone a little deeper. So you just keep digging yourself in a little harder. So you're forced to stay um, efficient with your stroke because you have to, or else you're not going to, not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> you, get to, you get to go less. So it's only so 400 to 200 like to hundreds to fifties to 25s. You know, it's less. So instead of building up, I like building to go faster. Yes. I'm doing 25s to fifties. I would get, I think I would just get the speed at the beginning would kill me for the rest of it. So it's better to build into the speed and the yes. type of training I'm doing now. I'm, I used to be more like a, like an electric car where I just take off really fast. Now I'm more like a diesel. So it takes me a bit to get going. Is that being over 50? I don't know. <laughs> I think a diesel is, is good. It's long, long term, long term. Long term. I'm chugging along for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I know we've, we've chatted a bit about CrossFit, but I know yeah. you've done, um, is it Xterra? Mm-hmm. Um, events tell yeah. us about that and what could, what does that comprise how did you get oh, it yeah it it was something so when I retired from swimming so my my retired from coaching I decided I was going to pick one thing every year that scared me and I was going to train for it and then do it so um when I first left I did the half the half Ironman that was my first scary thing that I trained for a year and I did that and then my second scary thing was to do an Xterra. And Xterra is a brand name, like Ironman. It's a brand of off-road triathlon. So open water, usually lake, river, ocean, whatever, wherever the city is. And then it's mountain biking. So you're not on a road, you're on a mountain bike. And then it's trail running. So it's, uh, you know, you scrambly and runny and hilly. And so it's uh, about an Olympic distance um, the ride is a bit shorter just because, but it takes longer. So you ride maybe 20 to 30 kilometers on a Xterra on a mountain bike, but it takes me not professionals, but me about two hours, hour and a half or two hours, because it's a thousand meters of climbing and it's mountain biking, dropping off things, tight corners, trees, you know, things that really scare me. So the first couple of years, I was like, I can't ride a mountain bike. I'll get my husband to, I would swim, he would mountain bike and I would run. And then after the third one, he's like, don't ever make me do that again. Like it's, I don't like it because he doesn't like compete. He loves mountain biking, not competing. I'm like, oh, I guess I have to learn how to mountain bike. So I decided my scary thing was um, in 2018 was to do, um, no, 2019, 2020, maybe, I don't know what year, 2020 to do the full Xterra. And then my goal was to qualify for world championships in Maui. So, of course, we know 2020 didn't happen. So I got to train, luckily, for another whole year to get better at mountain biking. And I competed in the Xterra here just a month ago, September 5th. And I qualified for worlds. And so that means I won my age group. And um, I am should be going to Maui. Yeah, December 5th to race at World. Way out of my way out of my league, but I qualified. So why not? Go and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's still like because of all the things going on. Um, you probably know Iron Man and Kona was canceled. So um this was moved to December. Usually the the Xterra is in October. 
So we're hoping it's going to go, but you know, I've yeah. learned as we all have that you just go with the flow and if it happens, it happens. I'm ready. Yes. I'm scared. Very, very scared. Um, the worlds in Maui are another level. Like it's, I've had friends that have done it. And my coach that I train with has won Xterra worlds a few times. Um, she's fantastic. And, uh, so, you know, she said, it's the hardest thing you'll, you've ever done. So yeah. she's you can, you can do this. Yes. What's the humidity like in um, Maui at that time of the year? Oof. Well, it's rainy season. So right. what the humidity is like compared to what it's going to be like here, it'll be because it'll be winter here. Um, so it'll be quite shocking. So I'm going, you know, I know it's a big torture, but I'm going to go two weeks early and uh, <laughs> spend some time in Maui and acclimatize because, you know, that's important. Um, and just try to get used to the heat because <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do when you're a high performance athlete. That's right. <laughs> or just going to be a participator. I don't know. We'll see. Like, obviously, I want to go and do well, but this is, like I said, when I said back before, like, this is something I have no idea. It's not like swimming where I can tell you every split, my stroke rate. I don't have to have a watch on me. I can tell you what my time is. This is, I don't know. I'm going to go and I'm sure this swim will be fine. Although apparently it's like 14 foot swells and you have to swim out, swim back on the beach and then do two loops. You have to go through the swells and surf in twice. Yeah. Looking forward to it, but also it'll be a separator in the sense like a lot of people are really afraid of it. I'm lucky that I've been in the ocean a lot. I'm, I'm sure that'll be a challenge, but I'm also not, I'm, I'm familiar with it. And I'll have two weeks to go practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you ever consider doing a full Ironman triathlon or is that not something in your... Oh, I have, you know, my coach said, you're going to want to do it. You're going to want to do it. And I've still dug in my heels saying, Ugh. you know, I, I, and I said to myself, maybe I'm giving my, myself permission to change my mind, but right now, not a chance. But I, in my head, I'm like, well, maybe when I'm 60. When I'm 60, the diesel engine, you know, just slow and steady for a long time. Maybe that's something I'll have. Right now, I still feel like I'm feisty and I want to I wanna race fast. And I feel like an Ironman is just, I don't want to put in the training that I know that I'd want to do to be at the level that I would expect of myself. A half Ironman is perfect because I can still do other things and feel like I can still be a competitive in a 70.3 in my age group yeah I'm not so on it but it's also not it's a little tiny little little baby voice way in the back <laughs> so in a few years we'll see you do that then yeah. talk to me talk to me and talk to you in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and I know you, you mentioned you had uh, retired from coaching are you still coaching masters swimming or you entirely finished your coaching career it's funny you ask that. I um, I was head coach of the Victoria Masters some club for a couple of years after I retired. And I said I would take it on um, until we found a good replacement because I just, I wanted to travel and I want to do all these different things I couldn't do because as a coach, of course, it's seven days a week. And, and uh, but then the world stopped and I, just, I found someone to take over the Vic Masters um, group and really comfortable with what he was doing. So I felt good about stepping back. 
And then I'm just coaching sort of like two hours a week with, for a, a small kind of triathlon. Actually the group that I swim with at noon, I do an evening group. And, but I was just two weeks ago offered a job coaching high performance, like Olympic level athletes. And I can't say what it is quite yet. I'm not allowed to, cause I haven't signed the contract, but it's like, Oh, that might be fun. <laughs> so <laughs> Right this second, yes, I'm totally retired, but it might change in the next week or so. But I'm only going to do a contract and it's not going to be a full-time, I I won't go back to full-time coaching, I don't think. It's just, I'm having too much fun. Like, (laughs) things to do, like, oh, wow, I can be outside and ride my bike and go for a run. And I have all these friends that I do things with. And it's just, it's just been an absolute joy to sort of just, push my, I, I just, I've felt fallen in love with that challenge of pushing myself. Like I said, scare myself every year to find something that's just like way out of my comfort zone. Um, and sometimes that's a swimming race. Sometimes that's like deciding to do a 1500 after being a 50 backstroker. Like that's crazy. Um, and then I want I hope that worlds will happen in Tokyo next year. Cause I really, really would like to go back to worlds and um, I'll be in a weird place in my age group, but I just got to let it go. Whatever. I have to be grateful and thankful for the chances when I get to swim and not be, well, I'll just wait till this time because maybe there won't be this time. That's right. Yeah. That's really yeah. a takeaway from the last year and a half. So uh, um, a swim meet came up. I saw on the, the BC, British Columbia Masters website. I'm like, there's a swim meet next weekend. I'm, I'm going to do it. It's a sprint meet. I am no business going to race, but I'm like, I don't care. It's a swim meet. It's almost been two years. Yes. I'm going to race next Saturday in Vancouver. And uh, I I don't know. I'm so, I feel like I'm swimming really well, but it's a sprint meet. I, need, I feel like I need an 800 to get going now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's <laughs> Sorry back with me in a week and a half or next yeah. to the meet so i will i'll let you know how that goes an update that'd be good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know we like where as i mentioned before we um in melbourne where i am in um victoria australia we have been locked down we're the most locked down city in the world so i think we're over oh. to including last year and this year 250 days something like that but we had a, a lovely summer where we came out of um Lockdown, we had a a little club trip up to Queensland and swam in their Queensland long course masters. And it was just the best thing. None of us were fit. None of us swam any good times. We had so much fun on this club trip for three days away. It was just amazing. Right. So you do not want to take those opportunities for granted. I mean, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen next weekend. And for you on your trip, it's like, you get to connect with those people and just be like, I feel you. I understand. I'm so sorry, but this is so fun. This exactly. is what, this is the important thing. Yeah. Right? That's what masters is all about. Exactly. And it really truly is like, yes, yeah, swimming fast, of course is fun, but I mean, fast for someone is, is different for everybody. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. All yeah. the ages, everyone mixed together. I'm swimming with guys and swimming with people of all ages nobody 
it's just for your own, it's just that connection. It really is that connection that if you were a swimmer as a, as a kid, you still have that same bond with those people. I like people that I swam with in the, that I know from the seventies and the eighties, I see them and I'm like, wow, it's like, no time has changed. Yeah. Still in our little speedos and racing. And I don't know. It's just, it's a, such a joy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said for that. That bond that you make during, say, you know, 50-50s where you get to have a little bit of a conversation at one end of the pool and a little bit at the other and it takes the whole set to have the full conversation. <laughs> you know, those and you think of something to say, you get to the, like, as you're swimming, you think of something, oh, yeah, I got to tell them this or what's that? Or you ask another question. You have, like, you swim faster to get that extra question in. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I think people outside of swimming find that very hard to understand. Yeah. Because they find, oh, swimming's so boring and it's such an individual sport. You just stick your face in. You don't do anything. I'm like, no. Oh. All the problems of the world during those five seconds. Like, you get a lot done. That's true. In your head and you get to the wall and then you have this, you know, epiphany or something or you're, you know, who knows? Like, it's just, you laugh. Like, you're just laughing. And sometimes, have you ever had the time when you're laughing so hard, you're trying to swim and you're actually drowning? (laughs) Yeah. you just stopped over and you're just laughing so hard and you're like and it's nothing you could tell anybody or retell the story because it doesn't it's not funny yes those five seconds or eight seconds on the wall I mean it's a comedy show <laughs> exactly <laughs> I know. Yeah. Funny. yeah and I wanted to finish off with um just a, a question about the coaching again what, yeah. what sort of one thing that you as a coach wanted to impart to your swimmers. So what's the most important thing that you like to leave them with? My kids are masters or I guess across the board, board. you know, it evolved over the years, depending on where I was in my life. So of course in my twenties, I was like, you know, performance and swimming fast and pushing yourself and, you know, get over yourself and toughen up and suck it up all that stuff. And then as I got softer, probably, or, or just more experience and realized that, you know, sugar goes a lot further than, than, you know, being mean. And so I think the biggest thing I want to impart and what I would try and, and it's, it's the most like, I don't know, it's something you hear all the time, but it's like, if you get an athlete to believe in themselves then you can just step back and watch everything else happen. They'll just do it. And so I think the hardest part and the fun, the most challenging part for me was finding that way to communicate with an athlete to let them know that, yes, I believe in them, but I believe in them because they are an individual with, with their own special power. Yeah. And when they found their power, they could be and do and, and get anything out of their life that they absolutely want to. Because, you know, and you know, as a, someone who's been around the pool, how many people make it to a gold medal, the Olympics, you know, probably not many people we know personally. So I coach thousands of swimmers. And I think the most important thing was that I took the most joy out of hearing from them later on when they finished saying, Oh, remember I wanted to go to medical school. Now I'm a doctor and I'm a lawyer or, you know, I've I've become a mom or, 
you know, I've, I had so much, I did all these things that I, and thank you for giving me that confidence in who I was, you know, pushing through like swimming can, I think really give you that, you know, pushing through the hard times and you suffer defeat in swimming 99% of the time. If you aren't used to losing and sucking and performing terribly in swim meets, if you don't get over yourself, you don't make it. So I think swimming helps you learn those life lessons in a kind of a safe way because it's, it's just swimming. And so to keep everything in perspective, but yeah. later on, they can use those tools. And I think as a coach, that's what you can give your athletes, even masters athletes, they come back, they've been swimming for 30 years and they're nervous and they're scared about back in the day. And it's like, dude, swimming is fun. Just find the joy. And then they get excited by, I'm like, the times don't matter anymore. Like, are you having fun? Is this great? Like you're meeting all these fun people. Yes. So I think building community, building confidence and finding that joy in your life comes out of being in a pool with your fellow merman and mermaids. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Cindy, thank you so much for sharing your swimming journey with us today. It's been really great getting to know you and um, hearing your perspective. So thank yeah. you and, and hopefully might see, might see each other in Japan next year. I know that would be so great. Yes. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's hope you can get back in the pool very yes. soon. Yes. I'd like to dive in behind me. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking going in that pool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, Swim Talkers. We have some wonderful guests coming up over the next few weeks. Make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you listen in on so you don't miss an episode. I've also started uploading these pod interviews onto YouTube, so you can find us there if you want to see us in the flesh under Torpedo Swim Talk. Happy swimming and bye for now.